I'm Meredith Berkman, co-founder of Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes, and I'm here on the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. My biggest pet peeve about the supplement industry is that because I'm a woman of a certain age, I'm always popping biotin, and they're always out of it when I want it. Welcome to the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm the Big Mouth Pharmacist. I'm a pretty sarcastic, slightly unprofessional healthcare professional, a holistic pharmacist here to talk about everything wellness, weed, and Woodstock. We broadcast from the most famous small town in America, where I hold court as the town's family pharmacist who tries to get people off their medicines and onto a wellness program free of the BS and misinformation of the natural products industry. Oh boy, do we have a good show for you today. I'm Dr. Neil Smoller, holistic pharmacist and owner of Woodstock Vitamins. If you like what you're hearing, visit me at woodstockvitamins.com. You can find me at Facebook at facebook.com slash woodstockvitamins. I'm on Twitter at nobsvitamins, and I'm doing the Instagram thing because the kids love it. It's at woodstockvitamins on Instagram. On the show today, Meredith Berkman. She's one of three concerned moms who founded Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes. Today's the day we talk about vaping. PAVE, as it's known, is a grassroots group that seeks to educate parents about the dangers of e-cigarettes. It advocates for the health and safety of our kids with regards to the widespread use of these vaping products and activates the membership to lobby for legislative and regulatory action against vaping in children. This is an important conversation to have, and Meredith has the right personality for me and my show, for sure. In fact, she stopped using my name halfway through the interview and just started referring to me as the Big Mouth. Uh, I don't know if that's an insult or compliment, so I'm just going to assume a compliment. Uh, I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you learn as much as I did. I guess we can start out by saying like, how far we've come, we thought, uh, as it pertained to fighting nicotine and tobacco in the youth. And it looks like all of that progress has almost entirely been eliminated in in very short time. Don't you agree with that sentiment? I think that's the danger. I mean, the smoking rates in this country had fallen to the lowest degree in in decades and certainly among youth. Um, And the fear is that this staggering rate of increase, the rise in vaping, and we refer to it as juuling because Juul is the market leader with more than 72% of the entire e-cigarette market wow. and um, is the most popular of all of these devices among kids. Um, uh, the fear is that that will lead to um, the undoing of all of that hard work. So in terms of numbers, because the the research shows that a kid who jewels is Mm -hmm. four times more likely to then begin smoking combustible cigarettes than a kid who has never jeweled. And in fact, in one state, in the state of Rhode Island, I can tell you that already some of the figures show that in between 2017 and 2018, there was this Un, you know, terrifying rise um, among high school students in the use of these devices, 78% uh, rise in the use of Juul's vapes among high school kids between 2017 and 2018, and a corresponding 48% rise in that same period between 2017 and 2018 in the use of these devices by middle schoolers. I can tell you in the state of Rhode Island, they've already seen in that same period, I think a one or even 2% rise in youth smoking. And that's the first rise they've had in many, many years. There's so much there to unpack that I need to talk about. So first thing, I want to just highlight two words that you said that are so dramatic, which is middle schoolers. Yep. So this is affecting not older teenagers, but kids in sixth grade, seventh grade. 
right? Right. So it's high school is sort of the quote sweet spot or the sour spot, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the fear is that the longer, for, you know, from our perspective, and we're advocating not for a ban on the devices, but a mm-hmm. ban on the flavors, because research that's, you know, come out of lots of different institutions, including Stanford Medical School and Yale and been published in JAMA, shows that flavors are hooking the kids. In the case of Juul specifically, the flavors um, are hooking the kids on Juul and keeping them from perceiving any harm and keeping them from understanding that there's they're actually inhaling nicotine. And so the, from our perspective, you know, the, the, the belief among, you know, so many experts and advocates, including us, is that the longer that you delay a ban on flavors, certainly at the federal level, because just to give you the perspective, the FDA tomorrow could ban flavors, mm-hmm. full stop. And so since it doesn't seem that that's going to be happening anytime soon, this fight is being taken to the state level. But mm-hmm. the perspective is that the longer these flavors are allowed to stay on the market, every day that goes by means more and more younger kids are going to start and that the age will get younger and younger. So I can tell you anecdotally, we have um, reports of sixth graders, of even fifth graders. As my own daughter, who's an 11-year-old uh, who's in sixth grade, says everyone in her school, and this is, by the way, representative not just of her school, but of schools across the country, her, her, you know, kids in her grade see the seventh grade kids who are doing it in the bathroom, and they look up to those kids, and that just trickles down and trickles down. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning, though, because my audience may not be familiar with vaping. I have a a heavy uh, hippie population, I'm sure, uh, that have dealt with dry herb their whole life. But this modern vaping technology may be new to them. So from what I know of vaping, vaping is instead of burning something, like say if you had a cigarette, you're lighting it on fire and it's being burnt, you're using a heating element in this situation to uh, vaporize or turn um, a liquid or or like a leaf or, or something like that into a vapor that then gets inhaled. So these vape devices are these pen-like devices, tiny little things that look like a pen. And on the top of them, they have a cartridge. And that cartridge probably looks like the top, like one or two uh, knuckles of your pinky finger. And it normally has some sort of juice in there. And uh, the juice can be used to uh, inhale and blow out uh, funky little smoke uh, patterns, right? That's really where this craze or trend started, but now they've started putting nicotine in them. Am I accurately representing this or is this not even? Close. So the broader picture is that e-cigarettes have been around for a while. Everything we've just taught, you've just mentioned is about e-cigarettes. So the the traditional cigarette is a combustible cigarette, as you correctly said, where you Mm -hmm. light it and it combusts. Um, with e-cigarettes, there's, as you said, the heating element. I think the more old school and perhaps um, even, you know, more readily identifiable to the hippie crowd would be these, the, the quote, old style, big vaping, like huge, um, almost tanks, yeah. with like lots of vape. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, that juice, there's like a whole in there. I think there are, you know, more than 50, I mean, thousands upon thousands of these flavors. And mm-hmm. so many of these flavors are like crazy ones. I'll give you some real ones. There's um, a unicorn snot. There's, <laughs> um, 
there's apple donut, you know, all all different kinds of bubble gum and 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 candy flavors. Or as my 11 year old says, I'm a kid, and like, who are they kidding? Like, who do they think these are targeted at? The innovation that, or as I like to think of it, the evil genius, let's say, of company of, of really of Jewel, because it was Jewel that combined, you know, the two most addictive things, right? Technology and nicotine. Okay. So that led to the next gen of these huge vaping tanks are these pod-based devices, and that's what you're describing. Mm -hmm. So um, these small pods, um, in the case of Juul, the small little pod, the liquid is a combination of many things. And I'll just give you like the, you know, the top ones. Liquid nicotine, um, they all had nicotine. So nicotine and um, formaldehyde, propylene glycol, benzoic oh. acid. And of course, um, you know, you as the, uh, what is it? Big mouth, loud mouth pharmacist. <laughs> I'm the big mouth pharmacist. Yeah, the the loud mouth pharmacist is my cousin. He's unemployed right now. Okay. Sorry. Right. Well, that's because he's a loud mouth, <laughs> but you're a big mouth. That's much more appealing. But um, appealing. yeah, but you, you know, these are all known carcinogens, right? And they're heated with the liquid nicotine. So, um, but again, that is not a great cocktail for anyone. And in fact, there's a study that came out just this morning from uh, the Chan School, uh, Harvard School of Public Health, uh, talking about contaminants uh, in in um, in e-cigarettes, and and that's you know we've been tweeting about it and lots of other people. But we're really focused just on how this is affecting our kids. So the issue is that nicotine and the developing brain has never been a good combination, right? Of course. We have known for many, many years that nicotine harms the developing brain. It rewires um, the developing brain for further addiction. The thing that's even um, more disturbing to us as parents about uh, these, the jewel and these copycats, a mm -hmm. couple things. The most important is that Juul patented something called nicotine salts technology. And what that has done, it makes the nicotine itself um, much more potent because it it's immediately absorbed by the brain. And so when you consider that there has been, you know, long-term existing research about the harm that nicotine causes to the developing brain, and you consider that there is now this device that has very little vapor, if at all, very, you know, it's almost undetectable um, smell. Although I can tell you that the teens can walk into the bathroom at school, which of course is now called the jewel room, and they can tell what flavor someone has, you know, you hit a jewel. They can tell what flavor someone's been hitting you in there. You can tell if it's unicorns not. Right. Well, well, jewel doesn't have those flavors. So uh. we can get to that in a moment. Um, those are sort of the old fashioned pod based ones. But the issue is that this you know, people say, oh, well, I smoked and nothing's wrong with my brain. Usually they're the vapors who are sending us hate on social media. And I'm thinking, really? Because the way you act on Twitter, I think there has been done, <laughs> there has been some harm to your brain. But, um, but it's not, it's like, it's not your father's nicotine. It's not your mother's nicotine. This nicotine salt, it's much more, um, it's, it's much more quickly absorbed. It's much more potent. And the other problem is that Juul's, um, in, in order to keep up with Juul, there's, um, emerged what I think um, a researcher at Stanford um, has referred to as a nicotine arms race. So that the the amount of nicotine that kids are, are getting much more quickly um, is so much stronger than anything, you know, you would have gotten from a combustible cigarette. It's like 5% nicotine. And the copycats have elevated that. So you have much more 
nicotine and a much more potent and highly addictive form of nicotine. I think it's important to for people to understand that a pack of cigarettes is equal to approximately one of those jewel pods. Well, that's the, the lowest amount that experts are estimating is that one jewel pod has as much um, nicotine as an entire pack of cigarettes. The highest amount is between one and one and a half. An amount that's as small as the the end of your pinky finger is the same as an entire pack of cigarettes, which makes this incredibly insidious and incredibly evil. If you think about it, I'm sure if you're if you are an adult who has been smoking their whole life and you have the choice between a combustible cigarette with all the hundreds of carcinogens found in uh, a tobacco product or an e-cigarette in a jewel pod, obviously the jewel pod makes a little bit more sense because you're limiting your chemicals down to maybe a dozen or so, and then you're taking care of your nicotine addiction. Well, no, just to be clear, the presumption is, but there's no conclusive evidence that it's safer. That's the presumption, but there's no conclusive evidence. And by the way, it's many more chemicals. I mean, I have a list. I can't. I, this is oh, no, I have a list, too. So uh, I, I came prepared as well. So uh, tiny particulates and e-cigarette aerosol may be harmful. So there, you're getting all the metals, tin, nickel, cadmium, lead found in the the, the probes, uh, the uh the formaldehyde is acetaldehyde, propylene glycol. Just from a pharmacist perspective, um, a lot of these ingredients are, are um, found in um, drugs that help uh, open up the tight junctions or the, the barriers in between cells to push drugs through, propylene glycol being one of those things. Mm -hmm. So you're opening up the cells and, and the natural protective factors. A lot of this stuff I've seen in, I was a DJ, I don't know if you know that, but I was a DJ when I was a young guy and I had uh, a smog machine and the smog machine that said, do not inhale, had all of these ingredients next to it. So this is pretty gross stuff. I would agree. But safer doesn't mean safe. That's the point. And kids really right. have no way. They have no idea. So I did my own little reconnaissance at Easter. So I have a bunch of middle school and teenage uh, cousins. And I asked them about vaping. And one of the things that they told me is that a lot of kids don't even know that there's nicotine in there. Right. And that's despite the fact that the Surgeon General has been, and, and the FDA and all of these organizations are putting out, if you look at the, I mean, it's such a, a horrific visual. They have a uh, the Surgeon General who has declared this an epidemic, as as did the FDA. I mean, it's been months now that all of this has, has come out there. And yet kids they may hear it, but they don't get it because it's like the Charlie Brown, you know, remember the Charlie Brown? Exactly. So, but the Surgeon General has this whole, um, it's an image of a um, vending machine and lined up, you know, where you'd see pretzels and wheat thins are just these gross cartoons of a human brain. And they're lined up and it says, um, you can't get a new brain out of a vending machine. But the right. kids, they don't, I mean, they're not going to hear that. No. And so, so again, I want to make sure that we're framing this correctly because there's so much that we want to talk about. So this is uh, a, basically a modern uh, Franken e-cigarette with harmful nicotine uh, and, and being marketed directly to kids. And that's a whole thing that we're going to talk about. And this has become a massive, massive explosion of a trend because that's what happens anymore is that these things go uh, insanely viral that, um, also, uh, from the reconnaissance from my cousin, touches on every 
class of children. Yes. So it's not anymore the, the 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 guys with the leather jackets and the fast cars that smoke cigarettes because they're cool. This is the nerds, the geeks. This is the jocks. Very well said. Everybody. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that is exactly correct. Um, you did your research well, um, Mr. DJ. I will tell you um, that, um, I mean, my, you know, my son is 17 and that is exactly what he says. He says, it used to be like combustible cigarettes, like the old cigarettes, kids who smoked were like the risk takers, that this has become so completely, you know, normative in youth culture. And so, you know, one of the issues as parent advocates and and just sort of more broadly is how do you change the social norms when they have they have shifted so quickly so that, you know, how do you explain to the kids who are not doing it um, that they may feel an implicit social pressure to do it, how do you change it? I mean, in the old, my son said, you know, in the old days, you go to like, you go on vacation, you go to a new town, you say, so, you know, um, what do you think of Steph Curry? What's going on in the playoffs? He said, now it's like you go to a town and you want to connect with the kid. You say, so, what's your favorite flavor? What's your favorite jewel yeah. flavor? Do you have a jewel? Can I take a hit of your jewel? I mean, that's really terrifying. And what, and so, you know, around nicotine just in general. So, nicotine, uh, the way that they formulated cigarettes is that they knew exactly how much nicotine that they would need to, to turn a casual smoker into a hooked smoker, an addicted smoker. Mm -hmm. And now, with that just being in such a concentrated thing and using these uh, nicotine analogs and such that are much more potent, it's a much, much quicker process where they get addicted. And so, so the, the cousins told me that uh, if you have an addicted kid, They'll use a pot a day, a pack of cigarettes yep, a day or yep, more, yep. and then they're they're paying money like it's like it's an opioid. They're they're paying double, triple, quadruple. Yep. And where are these kids that are under eighteen getting it from? Because it's such an omnipresent thing, it is extremely easy. Our our fifth grade cousin said, "Oh, I can get jewels if I needed to. I can get vape," and and that was the the conversation. So so this is that that's what I needed to do to really set the stage here, so people understood how tremendously horrible this is. Because a lot of us are disconnected to from it. Because I I mean I have very young kids, and you know you uh, didn't know it. So let's talk about like how this came to be for you, sure. and and like where you you come from. Okay, so. I have four kids ranging in age from 19 to 11. And about a year ago, um, when my son started in a new high school, um, he's now in 10th grade, but when he was in ninth grade, you know, he would have um, all of his new friends come over and I would occasionally hear like the ping of the window alarm. And I think, who's opening a window? I'm the only one in menopause. I'm the one who's always hot. Why is the window opening? And, um, and I would sort of go upstairs and I would you know, like surprise, open the door and I would walk in and I would just see my son and his friends smiling and the windows open. Oh, we were warm. And this went on, you know, I, 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 it's sort of a blur in a way, but it went on for a while. And then my son asked for a, uh, an incense burner. And I thought, oh, he's so spiritual. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> um, and at the same time, uh, I had two friends, you know, two moms that I met because our sons had started this new school together. And one of them was finding um, what looked like a, um, a computer, you know, a computer charger. Ultimately, at around the same moment, we all sort of had this aha moment. You know, my my um, my friend uh, Dorian Furman, one of my co-founders, she, um, you know, went to, uh, to you know hug her son, and she thought he smelled a little bit sweet, and his pockets were full, and you know, she out out came this device that she didn't really understand, and she looked it up and saw it was a jewel and, and started to research. And meanwhile, I also sort of had figured out we all and our third co-founder, um, uh, Dina Alessi, we all at the same moment thought, oh, wait a minute, I think these kids are 
jeweling. I sort of heard about that. I'm not really sure what it is. Um, and as we began, you know, late at night when when uh, when moms can't sleep and we all were, you know, home sort of going online and researching and Googling, um, we put the pieces together and it became, you know, immediately clear to us that under parents' noses, there were potentially, and certainly we now know, millions of kids who were jeweling all the time at school, at home, under everyone's nose. And so we decided that we would have to join some kind of group of parents that were taking action against this because it was so serious. And because everything has been happening in real time and because this was under the parents' rate, the adult radar, there wasn't a group yet. So we are the necessary idiots who had to form one. And that's why we started a little less than a year ago, Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes. And, you know, we're extremely motivated. We're parents. We don't want to in any way legislate, regulate adult behavior. We're just focused on protecting the kids. So this brings up a point here because how do you tell a kid not to vape? And you don't. And that's my conclusion is that you cannot talk these kids out of it. I think, and I agree with you that your change has to come legislatively. It has to right. come towards the manufacturer. So Right. So that's been, I mean, that's what we very quickly, we began reaching out to the experts that we could find online. And we put together very quickly a strong advisory board because it was clear that there wasn't a plan. And there isn't a plan. And so we've been very lucky in that in a very short time, because we have put together a small but fierce army of motivated parents, we have connected with a lot of established partners, experts, you know, pediatricians and researchers and public health institutions across the country and some of the professional advocates and anti-tobacco groups. So, you know, we've emerged as an influential stakeholder because what one of the um, most well-known experts said to me when I, when I asked him, and this is someone who, this is a, um, a professor who had fought Big Tobacco point one. We look yeah. at it as Jewel and the Gang, Big Tobacco 2.0, which is, by the way, now literally true since at the end of December, Altria, the tobacco giant that owns, you know, that owns Marlboro, put a $12 billion investment into Jewel. So Jewel is wow. literally now valued um, over, th- I think, 30, 30-something billion. I'll have to check what it is today. But you know, it's Big Tobacco 2.0. But the person, one of the people who fought Big Tobacco the first time, I asked what was different about this go around, Big Tobacco 2.0. And he said, this time, there is consensus among the coalition of the willing. There is much more consensus this time that this is urgent and timely. And I said, what are you, what is not here that now that you had the last time. And he said, we don't have time. The window is closing on saving these kids because if you don't act soon, this will be generation nicotine addiction. So the first thing is to push and push at the federal level. And at the FDA, I think, uh, and this is somewhat inside baseball, but um, Scott Gottlieb, who was the um, most, the outgoing FDA commissioner, the now retired, surprise, retired uh, FDA commissioner, you know, he, when he was um, appointed to that role, he came in, people thought, well, he had divested himself of, you know, of, of some, I think, e-cigarette holdings. Um, he's, a, you know, he was a doctor, but he seemed very reluctant to take any action against Jewel and the gang. Um, and by the time he left, and again, people still aren't really sure why he abruptly resigned. By the time he left, he had left many breadcrumbs. Um, and even after in the last few weeks, just saying, you know, he's the first person who called this a youth epidemic, who sounded the alarm, and who has said publicly now, you know, 
at the FDA could do this tomorrow, take these off the market. It's very complicated, but these are basically not regulated. And there are fed, there's a federal lawsuit still out there where a bunch of groups have sued because, you know, Juul was able to methodically um, use every single legal loophole out there. And so these are products that are basically, there was a delay on the regulation of these products that frankly, you know, as a as a parent, because this is affecting all of our kids, we believe it's unconscionable. But the FDA is not has talked tough, but not taken action, which is why it's faster and more effective at this point to take the fight for regulatory and legislative change to protect kids to the states. So I can tell you, for example, um, in California, just uh, I think two weeks ago, we um, you know we gave testimony on behalf of our organization and helped activate other, you know, parents for support in the Sacramento um, City Council. There was a a much watched contest there for a um, ban on e-cig flavors that won. Um, There were, you know, there were important, there was an important victory of um, a Senate, California State Senate Health Committee hearing for a bill to ban um, e-cigarette flavors. um, And that actually include some of these fights now are including menthol cigarettes and all flavored tobacco products that were left on the market the first time. You know, cigarette flavor, flavored cigarettes were banned, but menthol was left on the market just as a side issue. So you're saying flavors, you keep going back to flavors as being like the, the linchpin for you. So yes. what's the connection between flavors and marketing to children? Let's let's elaborate on that while while we have this. Right. So first of all, I'll just tell you that research has shown that um, I think it's like over 80 percent of, uh, of of under of kids will tell you that they were initiated into tobacco use by flavors. Right. And so and then the there's also some an, an enormous statistic that shows um, that if you are initiated into use of these products at a young age, it continues throughout your life. The The research that relates to Juul and e-cigarettes is that flavors are hooking the kids. So in the case of Juul, for example, their flavors were, um, you know, let's call them more, quote, sophisticated as opposed to unicorn snot, but their mm-hmm. flavors are, um, you know, cool cucumber and um, creme brulee um, and fruit medley. Um, the, as my son calls it, the the kid's iconic jewel flavor um, is mint. Um, by the way, as part of their, quote, youth prevention plan, Juul then now calls cucumber, cool cucumber, cucumber, and fruit, uh, I don't think, maybe they don't use fruit medley, but creme brulee is now creme, as if that's really going to make a difference. Um, And so, uh, and I'll tell you, just to be fair, that on the flip side, though there is evidence, proof, research has shown that flavors hook kids. You know, when we went into a city council hearing in, you know, here in New York City, there are two bills before the city council that were uh, working on, and one is an e-cig flavor ban. Uh, the other actually is about menthol and other flavors. Um, you know, menthol cigarettes and other flavors. Their bans are the two bills are being um, promoted together. But you know, these the vaping world is running around with these buttons that say "flavors save lives." That's what their their response. There's no evidence for that at all. And they and the vaping community will swear 
that it is the flavors that um, convince people to, quote, make the switch, which is what Jules says. And we can get into that, how they're making um, implicit modified risk tobacco product claims that are actually illegal because based on the FDA's own regulation, if they're interpreted that way, because they never applied to be able to make those claims and they just skirt it with their loopholes and their fancy two-step. But yes, the flavors hook kids. We know the flavors hook kids. We have no evidence that removing the flavors that are hooking the kids will harm any adults who might otherwise have, quote, made the switch, which there's no conclusive evidence they would have, and that it's even better. Well, aren't there other ways that they're marketing to children? Uh, I mean, is this showing up on social media? Right. So that was the, that's, there are 1400 examples um, that have been archived by uh, researcher uh, Dr. Jackler at, um, at Stanford that show, um, ways in which Juul targeted teens through social media. And in fact, in response to all of that, and as part of their, quote, youth prevention plan, Juul um, made um, much ado about their um, shutting down their social media marketing last November, when in fact, they no longer needed social media marketing because the damage right. was done. And now the kids do it for them. If you ask your, um, you know, your uh, panel of experts that you talk to over Easter about, quote, do it for Jewel. That's what, you know, that's what the kids have taken on that for them. So the kids were targeted through social media and there are all kinds of visuals um, of, um, and if you look at the visuals of like the old cigarette ads and some of the um, the e-cigarette ads and the Jewel ads, you know, they used they used young influencers. They used, um, you know, people that there was, I think there's one commercial for uh, an ad I, I've seen, I think it may be for Blue, which is one of the Jewel copycats that, um, the woman looks, the young woman looks, it's like literally a doppelganger for um, Emma Gonzalez, you know, one of the Parkland, um, you know, influencers. There's another one um, where, where the woman, you know, looks like a Kim Kardashian knockoff. So, yeah. um, you know, but that that was done through social media. And they, they I mean, the, the acknowledgement is that, you know, they shut that down, but that's because they don't need it anymore. Right, because it's spreading like wildfire in the schools and smoking in the boys' room has changed uh, quite a bit because it's the jewel room now. And because there is no odor or, or scent, uh, they can do this. You can you can do a vape hit in front of somebody and they wouldn't even know. Well, I was that, walking into my son's room and never smelled a thing. Yeah. So these corporations, they're the devil? I don't want to say that, but I will say. I say uh, well, you, you got You know, you're the big mouth pharmacist, but what I will say is that these corporations are using the same playbook they used before with a different cover, and what's different this time is, you know, we as a society have learned our lesson, right? We and we as parent advocates joining with our partners, there is no way that we are going to allow an entire generation of kids to become nicotine addicts. Yeah. The crazy thing that I've heard uh, from my panel of experts, as you eloquently said, was the overdose. So kids are doing so much nicotine that they're getting sick. Uh, Nick addiction is what they Nick refer sick. to it. I've seen it referred yeah. to that Nick way. Yeah. Sick, right? Yeah. Right. And it is a horrible thing. Do you feel like a crazy person that you even have to fight this fight? Yeah. Well, first of all, when we started this less than a year ago, I mean, people thought we were crazy because parents, it wasn't something that was really on a lot of parents' radar. And I would um, argue that it it's still isn't for many. And if I had, you know, if I had a dollar for every parent 
who tells me, oh, well, you know, I'm glad my kid isn't doing it. Oh, my kid's not doing it. And I'm thinking, really, sweetie, because the numbers don't lie. I mean, if right. you, we know the, the most updated figures, most people believe who, who know are already outdated. And those mm-hmm. figures showed that, um, you know, as I said, 78% increase in high school students between 2017, 2018, 48% increase in middle school. And at that point, that number was, um, you know, 3.6 million kids were using these products. So the expectation is that when these figures are released um, in just a couple of months, they likely will be even higher. And there are, there will be, you know, God forbid, but there, there may be even millions more who are using this. So look, every time a parent says to me, well, gee, that's awful, but I'm so glad my kids aren't doing it. I say, I hope you're right. But what I'm asking is that you just pay attention. I mean, we spoke at a school in New Jersey uh, and I gave the, the headmaster a lot of credit because he made it compulsory for parents to come to this event on a weeknight. And I'm thinking if I were told it's not about college, but I have to go, I'd be annoyed. As I said to the parents Um, uh, at the end of this uh, you know, this lecture that we gave with slides, et cetera, um, the school had bought um, nicotine urine tests for every parent to take home. And the headmaster said, listen, you know, if you don't want to use it, that's fine. But I'm encouraging you. This was a private school. He said, I'm encouraging you to use it. So, you know, and, you know, if you get results and you want to share them with us or you want resources, great. But if you don't, that's fine, too. And I will tell you that several parents later on, you know, emailed me and said, is it true that, you know, if my kid was at a party um, Ah. with someone doing it? (laughs) And actually, the truth is, yes, there is secondhand vapor. Secondhand vapor. Mm-hmm. And they don't know enough about it yet, but I, you know, I, I talk to people who are researching it and yes, you can have, um, you know, you can. So, you know, do I want to say that they're evil? I want to say in the case of Jewel, um, I feel like they, these companies like Jewel want us to believe that the youth vaping epidemic was a quote, unintended consequence. Even if one were to believe that, that it were a, quote, unintended consequence, which is hard to believe when you see the playbook and the way, you know, that they that they're that that they literally looked back into the archives to see how people, you know, how young people were initiated into use of these products. Um, it has been long enough. I mean, they know if if a company like Juul really wanted to put a stop to the um, youth vaping epidemic, they would take those flavors off the market tomorrow, but they're not going to do that because they're making billions, literally billions of dollars by addicting our kids to nicotine. Now, I'm not saying they haven't done anything. And in fact, one of the slams was that, you know, kids were buying them online and in bulk, which they can still do, by the way, with many of these companies, and they can still do through third-party sellers. But Juul has, um, uh, now has, you know, pretty strong, um, a pretty strong age verification on their website, but I will tell you um, that they also made um, they made much ado, and they continue to do so on their website about their removal. Uh, they they say they you know they quote pulled their they pulled flavors off retail shelves and that they wouldn't restock flavors from you know their ninety thousand retailers. Uh, but if you read to the end and you can find it on their website, I mean it's hiding in plain sight. If you read to the end of that statement, it actually said we will restock 
once retailers have age verification technology. And what we have asked repeatedly, um, you know, on social media, um, on Twitter and other places is, is of Jewel. Well, how many retailers did you restock? So are you saying you pulled it from 90,000 retailers and then you were going to restock? So how many retailers were restocked? You didn't pull them off the market. Yeah. You didn't. You say you did, but then you also said, but we'll put them back. But no one seemed to report that or read to the end of the statement. I mean, I can't help to see, besides the obvious connection to tobacco, how this mim mimics everything else that's going on with our world, the opioid ep epidemic, saying that the opioid epidemic is an unattended consequence of overprescribing of medications. And everybody's doing the finger pointing, but it was very, very clear that the uh, corporations that were responsible for creating opioids became the ones that were funneling all of the information and, and the push and the marketing to, to create the epidemic in the first place. So it just seems like history just repeats itself way too frequently with these things. And we're fighting these corporations that are doing just lip service, like you're saying, you're pointing out all the examples of the things, oh yeah, well, we we did this, we did that, we, we reduced these things, we, we're putting these, you know, safety screenings in play, just like Facebook, right? They're doing all this stuff to prevent the, the fake news and misinformation, but it's just like these little slap on the wrist to show that there's some activity, but the activity doesn't really mean momentum, and, it, and it's really um, uh, not, not in, in the right light, because they're, like you said, they're not trying to fix this problem. You know, big mouth, you're right on point again. So I mm -hmm. will tell you that one of the things, I mean, I've sat down with um, with governors, I've sat down with attorney generals, and I will tell you that what people say, you know, with regard to the opioid crisis, um, which obviously is the worst public health crisis we're facing, this is the, the vaping epidemic is the worst worst adolescent public health crisis. I, I actually, let me interject here. I'm going to say that the vaping crisis is worse because it's affecting youth and, it, and it's going to be harmful, but it's just that the opioids are killing people. Right. So what, what we say, to be, fair, so to be fair, the opioid crisis, obviously, um, you know, with its mortality rate, this is the worst um, public health crisis we're facing. The, the vaping crisis, but it is the worst adolescent public health crisis this country has faced for decades. And um, one of the things that people say about the opioid crisis is nobody moved fast enough to stop it. And so that's a very recent and ongoing lesson that we can take and say, we've got to move quickly. Every day that goes by, more kids are getting addicted and the kids are getting younger and younger who are starting. What do you want us to do? How can we help out here in the, the world? What can we do to, to turn this around and, and get our hands around this okay, problem? Okay, so I'll tell you two things. One thing I just want to make one other point, which is, you know, Time Magazine just last week um, released their, you know, their flashy um, Times 100 Most Influential, and they had a big gala. And we were really dismayed to see that Bowen and Muncie's, who are, you know, frickin' frack, the um, the two founders of Juul were um, among them. And even wow. worse was a fawning profile written by the Attorney General of Iowa, uh, Tom Miller. Um, and Tom Miller um, is someone who had been active, you know, in, in beating back Big Tobacco the first time. And he, um, you know, he's touted on the Juul website as, you know, they're working closely with him and his panel of experts for their recommendations recommendations about how to curb the youth vaping epidemic. And of course, the irony is that I have, I got a hold of uh, from his office, actually, I asked to see their recommendations. And one of their recommendations, the most important one in some ways was just ignored by Jewel, which is, you know, these are people who know and who suggested to Bowen and Muncie's the, you know, most influential that, um, that they should be funding through an independent third party, you know, 
broad social media marketing to let kids know this isn't good for them. And of course, that's the one thing, one of the few things that that they haven't done. Um, but, you know, we were so appalled by that. And, you know, sure, they've had enormous influence on our society. In fact, they've created a youth vaping epidemic that will have public health consequences for many, many years because there's no plan. I mean, there's no cessation plan. They don't have yeah. any plan. So when you ask what people can do, Yes. Um, I think what people can do at this point is take action. Um, and by that, I mean, you have one minute, you send an email to your local representative and say, I'm really concerned about this. What are you doing about it? What are you doing at my school? You have, you know, you have five minutes, you call your local representative and say, I'd like to know what the bills are, the what are you doing in our community? Now, obviously, you know, we want you know, we're a grassroots movement, a grassroots advocacy movement. And so for us, you know, number one, you want to educate yourselves. And, and I hate to promote, but all I'm really promoting is go on our website where we have free, an enormous amount of free resources where you can educate yourself um, with links to lots of important websites um, that are already existing. The state of California has um, has an amazing website, flavorshookkids.org. If you're someone, um, you know, go on our website, parentsagainstvaping.org, and it will link you to lots of other websites sites, it will give you a phone number where you can report to the FDA um, if you have concerns about uh, retailers who are selling to underage kids. Um, you can call there or you can ask for guidance on how you can call um, locally and report. So adults, parents, families, you know, we educators, we have to educate ourselves. We have to push our schools to make sure that the educators have been educated and are able to educate the kids about what they're really taking in. There are two, um, there, there's a free online curriculum that you can download for your school. Um, it's called the Stanford Medical School Tobacco Prevention Toolkit. Um, there's a link to it on our website. There's also catch.org that has an entire curriculum called Catch Your Breath um, that comes out of the University of Texas. That's also on our website. So, um, you know, we need parent advocates. Um, we need people to join us across the country. We are operating in multiple states and we are full-time volunteers. We're motivated parents who are getting involved in local um, legislative fights to ban the e-cigarette flavors and where necessary. Whereas, you know, there are only, I think, uh, seven states now uh, there may soon be eight. New York will be joining. Um, we're, you know, we're waiting for the governor to sign the Tobacco 21 bill. Um, so we'll be joining that club. But we need to make our voices heard. So you need to you need to talk to your kids. You need to really pay attention because if um, you can see on our site on our site, there's also a list eight signs your kids are vaping. It's things like you notice a change in behavior. They're constantly going to the bathroom. Um, they seem, you know, more anxious or jittery. Their grades suddenly drop. You know, these are some of the signs that your kid is dependent on the jewel or one of the one of its copycats and and addicted to nicotine. So you need to pay a lot of attention to that. So you have to educate yourself, um, and then you have to take action because if we don't push for a ban on these e-cigarette flavors to keep them away from our kids then we haven't, we're not doing our job as guardians. And that's the big ask right now is to get rid of the flavors. And then what would the, be the next step if you could plan it out? We're taking it 
first, we, we absolutely need a ban on e-cigarette flavors, right? And number two, you know, we support Tobacco 21. I mean, you know, let's just get the basics done. Um, as I said, you know, uh, I just got a hold of la- this uh, last few days, you know, this recommendation that we had thought about too by, um, you know, Jewel is touting these recommendations by the Iowa Attorney General and claiming they're still working closely, which by the way, um, you know, his office says they're, you know, he's not really in touch with these guys, the, the two most influential, um, you know, Satan and his and his co-captain, um, as it were, <laughs> and uh, from our perspective. Um, but but essentially, um, you know, Jules should. Um, look, there are there's already um, litigation out there, including so there are class action suits that already have come out. One in Florida um, that seems to be a very strong suit actually is bringing a RICO claim, uh, and you know be, because of Altria and Jewel. So you know I think that. The more people understand, I mean, we'll get, you know, we're, we're not participating in legislation, uh, I'm sorry, in litigation, but, um, you know, I, I encourage people to understand just how serious this is. There is no reason that Juul is not for all, for the many billions of dollars. I mean, the founders, you know, those two most influential, uh, Bowen and Muncie's, who, you know, the co-creators of Juul, um, they, at the end of the year, you know what their Christmas bonus was to those who worked there? $2 billion that was split. Like, you know, what was my Christmas bonus for my husband for four kids? Like, you know, he gave me a nice pair of earrings <laughs> for Hanukkah, but I mean, $2 billion. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with sharing the wealth when you've had this great deal come through. But when you consider that all the blood money, my son called my, my 17 year old son says it's blood money. Uh, You know, I'll let him say that, let you say it. Um, But you know, it's not about the adults, right? It's about the kids. Adults can make their own judgments, their own decisions. Um, So what I would, what, 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 you know, the start is get the flavors off the market, which can be done tomorrow by the FDA. And, um, you know, as much as, as people can make noise to their local legislators or to their senators. I mean, as I said, you know, you can go on our website and find lots of ways you can even contact the FDA chairman through our website, a commissioner, the new commissioner, Ned Sharpless, and say, why aren't you banning the flavors? You know, let's send him, we have sent Scott Gottlieb hundreds and hundreds of letters demanding that. That's why we were able to get a private listening session with our kids so um so he could hear what was really going on and and i think that i think that jewel should be funding uh, a massive social media campaign if they really didn't want kids to use these products they would have done it in fact that was what they were recommended by you know by the group that they're touting on their website yeah i think that there's no reaching the kids i think yeah you you can educate the kids as much as you want but i think this trend is a, a wildfire that will keep burning no matter what and you really really have to go after these corporations and and start holding people accountable um so i do appreciate what you're doing and besides the obvious connection to health i i believe your story and the story of vaping is a true parallel to ours in the supplement industry there's these mega corporations with huge profit motive and they're not doing things Things with integrity, they're they're doing the wrong thing, and uh, it takes a grassroots effort to get out in the street and educate. And you almost feel like a crazy person sometimes, banging this drum and tooting these horns uh, to get people's attention to how horrible the situation is. And it really takes it takes all of us to do it. And and because of people like you, we have some sort of movement to to grab onto. So I'm I'm happy to help promote this uh, this you. cause. And I'm going to encourage all of our listeners, even if you don't have kids, if you're 20 yourself, just 
just ping your senators and your representatives, just like she's saying, and just say, what are you doing about kids and vaping in the communities that we live in? And that's a, a strong enough message and, and, and it needs to be said. So Meredith, do you have anything that you want to add uh, before we leave? Uh, just, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, everything that you just said is exactly how we feel. I would encourage people to go on our website, parentsagainstvaping.org, where, as I said, we have free online resources so you can educate yourself. You can share it with your school. You can share it with, you know, kids that you know, and you also can find ways to contact the FDA. There are ways to um, join existing legislative campaigns. You know, um, you can contact us. Um, at info at parentsagainstvaping.org. If you want to join us, if you want to get involved, um, we are operating, as I said, in multiple states. We have PAVE uh, parent advocates, just like me, full-time volunteers working in states like North Carolina and Texas, California, New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and others, New Jersey. So, um, you know, we, and certainly, uh, you know, we're, we actually, we started in New York and we have people in Westchester, we have people upstate, we have people in New York City. So we are very, very happy to offer um any resources, any advice, you know, questions and ways to connect you to, um, you know, to, to legislative um, uh, races or, or not races, but legislative fights for bills that are relevant to this. Yeah. And I would almost give people one more piece of advice uh, on top of all of that is learn how to talk to your kids about this kind of stuff. Because, I, you know, at Easter, when we started talking about this, the adults, you know, I'm an adult, of course, but the other, the older adults, they started saying, oh, that's unhealthy. You shouldn't be doing that. And started with the punishment phase. And really, I was getting more information just by asking questions. Yeah, well, I, right, and no, you're absolutely right. That's that is exactly right. And um, I, you know, there are lots of organizations. For example, the Truth Initiative, and you can go on truthinitiative.org. They um, they have a, a text system where a parent and child can sign up together. I think you get like these texts um, over the, like you know 20 days that sort of talk about nicotine, talk about addiction. Um, you're right. It is. It is very, very difficult. I mean, the the good news is that the resources on how do you talk to kids about addiction, the addiction may have changed. The way you broach those topics haven't changed. So that you know, there are groups that can guide you for that. But I agree with you. You know, one of the issues in terms of the corporate responsibility piece is that um, you know, we, you know, there, you know, schools are desperate. They don't know what to do. And of course, there have to be consequences for behavior that's not allowed at school. But at the same time, you know, there have been kids we've, you know, anecdotally, we know um, who have been um, suspended, you know, on their record, you know, kids applying to college because they were found with a jewel. And so while, um, you know, we feel like the punitive piece, um, really, we should be punishing the corporations <laughs> that seduced our kids that went yeah. out and 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 sought them out, um, and so I feel like that there has to be an element of that in terms of you know the punishment that we hope that schools understand. Obviously, there has to be education and and you know and letting parents know and and tr you know treatment if there's real addiction. Um, and again, the problem is that there are no formal. Uh, there, it's so early on. This is all happening in real time. So there are not yet, there are just, you know, we do have a couple of resources that we've been able to put together. Um, uh, I'm actually, you know, we'll be speaking this evening um, uh, at New York Presbyterian, you know, while Cornell and there's a doctor there, um, Dr. Jonathan Avery, who is one of the leaders in treating kids with this. And we're hoping that his 
uh, pilot program will be extended and extended. And there are a couple of doctors also out in Boston. So um, we're also, this is, by the way, one last thing. I just want people to understand, even if we were to ban flavors tomorrow, take them off the market and slow, slow the epidemic, this is a long-term problem. It will take years to deal with the consequences of all of these kids um, who have become addicted to nicotine. This is not a simple problem. This is a long-term ultimately, but we can't even get to that yet, which is why we feel the urgency of taking these flavors off the market and making sure that these companies stop uh, targeting kids. And the longer we wait, the more severe the problem comes. So we appreciate your energy, your determination, your focus. We've got your back as best as we can. As a parent, I'm very concerned about all this. So I'm going to start doing stuff in our communities, and I hope everybody else does too. So thank you very much, Meredith, for thank joining me here. you. It was my pleasure, Big Mouth. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's crazy to me that we keep doing the same things over and over again. And, and for what? For money. As soon as we learn and change and make some progress, something new comes along and exploits the fact that our guard's down. And then it takes a while for everything to catch on and us to catch up and like make some real change to get things back to the way they should be. So I'm asking you to help make this cycle the shortest yet. So let's not let this go on for any longer. Uh, go to parentsagainstvaping.org. That's Meredith's organization. Read more about the situation and learn how to help. Even if you don't have children or grandchildren, just take five minutes to make a phone call to your state and federal Congress people and ask them what are they doing to help keep vaping products out of kids' hands and stop this new epidemic. While it's obviously not as tragic as the opioid epidemic, it has the potential to be the next wave of health crisis that affects generations. Sorry to get heavy on you here today, but I'm just trying to keep it real. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show. It helps us get noticed and share the love. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you next week.